This episode of Global Impact is brought to you by Support DDS. Support DDS provides dental offices with complete front desk support that includes insurance verification, billing and collections, and reactivation of patients. Sign up for no contract services today on supportdds.com. Hi, this is J.W. Oliver with another edition of Global Impact. And today we have Darren Akapan on. Darren, how are you? Hey, J.W., this is Darren. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Shoot, we're excited. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. So Darren is the EVP partner at the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization, pretty commonly known and widely known as DEO. Darren has been working with managed group practices in the DSO space for the past six years, during this time, he has interviewed hundreds of emerging dental group practice owners, allowing him to gain key insights into terms of what emerging owners' pain points are, along with what solutions work best to scale group practices. He is focused on interviewing and selecting new DEO members and heads strategic partnerships for the DEO. In his free time, he enjoys spending time with family, listening to podcasts, here we go, and volunteering at the local Humane Society. Darren, that's great. Again, thanks for being here. How's your day going? Day is going well in the Pacific Northwest. It's not cold. It's actually pretty sunny, so I'll take it. Well, here we are in Dallas, and uh, this week the highs are going to be in the 30s, dropping into the teens, so we switched roles for some reason, that's for sure. Sure did. Well, Darren, your, your role at, at, you know, we were, we were talking a little bit before this and, and your role is similar to what, what I do in my business. It's, it's definitely more of a connector. You know, how do you connect to uh, people? How do you find commonalities? And, and uh, I, I know I've uh, been reading a recent book about even making sure that it's the right fit, because I'm sure as you go through the DEO, as you're interviewing potential partners, there's, there's probably a lot of them that aren't the the, the right fit that don't have a, a good alliance with what you're doing. But, but tell me a little bit about what you do at DEO. And, and, and I was pretty impressed with the story. Of course, I've been following you for years and, and know how the organization has moved forward. But, but tell a little bit about what your role is there as well. And, and I mentioned, I thought it was interesting talking about specific owner pain points. Sure, absolutely, JW. So, so my role is really to interview both prospective members of our mastermind group so we have approximately 250 owners that come together on a regular cadence to share best practices with one another, not on the clinical side of dentistry, but on the business operations side of being a CEO, if you will. And a lot of these CEOs are still practicing clinically. So it's that juggling back and forth of where do I spend my time? Because there's more opportunity than there are time and resources. And so what do I do next? So we typically work with groups that are between... 1.5 million and some of our larger groups are scaling up to 80 million and above. And what we do is we get them connected into these small cohorts where they come on Zoom calls, just like you and I are doing a Zoom call. We've been using Zoom way before the pandemic. And we share, you know, what's keeping you up at night? You know, what are some of the struggles you're going through? And what we've realized is that we're able to codify things and then create this linear how-to roadmap, if you will, rather than just saying, oh, try this, even though we've never been there and done that before. We yeah. can actually point you out to others in the community that are number one, struggling with the same things you're struggling with. And then number two, those that are above your level in revenue that have been there and done that. So the combination of, of those things is really beneficial to anything in life. Just like if you and I were trying to get in better shape in the gym, 
I'd probably want to be motivated by spending time with a core group of people that are at my skill set. And then I want this personal trainer that's been there and done that and can show me exactly how to get from point A to point B. We do the same thing, but it just so happens to be within dentistry. So that's what I do is I interview, I interview prospective members all the time. And even if they're not a fit, my obligation is I'm going to find a group that's a fit for them. So, so there's really no downside, right. To making these networking connections is you're always going to be better, but you're never going to be worse off. It was, it was interesting. Hey, you said, uh, we always want to, you know, find the right people to work out with using it as an example. I, I think it's the same in business. We, we're always looking for people we can feed off of and how we can improve and how we can be better. I, I remember I just had somebody tell me that they, they went to their physician and their physician was, was trying to explain to them how they needed to lose weight and they needed to get in better shape. And he said, I was looking at this person thinking, okay, you're, you're about a 75 or 80 pounds overweight and you're, you're, you're telling me what to do. So, you know, we always want to go to people who've been successful in those fields and I know within the DEO organization and the DSO market specifically, uh, people are doing different things, right? Uh, some people are focused on different aspects of, of the dental industry. They're not all just dental offices, right? You may have some with specialties, some focusing on some managed care, some focusing on a lot of different areas. But I think what's really cool about the DEO specifically is it's a very open group where people are willing to share their, their failures and they're able to share their hardships and also talk about their successes as well. Absolutely. And, and back to your original question, which are the common pain points that we hear? There really are just two. Number one is none of us gets to where we want to get to without having the right people around us, period, because we're yeah. not going to be the ones executing. It's going to be our team or our people's teams that execute on behalf of our vision. So recruiting and retaining good quality team members, but for dentistry, specifically associate dentists. That's, that's the number one pain point. Whether you're just getting started or you're Heartland Dental with over a thousand locations, that's the number one struggle that everyone has. The second pain point is how are you gonna finance your growth, right? At a certain level, debt financing through specific lenders dries up. They're not yeah. gonna lend to you beyond a certain amount. We all know that as business owners. Well, the second issue is you've got two choices at that point in time. You're either going to bootstrap it with the profits from your existing locations to scale up, or you're going to take on equity partners, whether that's associates to partnership using equity buy-ins, whether that's doing some type of JV partnership with external financing sources, or whether that's with private equity, which quite frankly, most dentists that I talk to bring up private equity, but they don't realize the minimum thresholds that you have to maintain in order to even be a private equity target. So th those are really the number one and number two pain points that dentists encounter regardless of their size and scale. Well, and I, and I, can, I can only imagine too that one of the big uh, pain points is getting at a certain size, you know, I, I, from, from my knowledge, and, and you can speak more to this, to me, it's like businesses that talk about getting past that, you know, a traditional business, maybe not dental related, but getting past that $5 million a year, right? That seems to be a, a point where your leadership doesn't understand how to be a bigger business. And then, you know, when the next one may be $20 million, and then there may be the 50. Uh, I think in the, what I've seen in the DSO world is that you have those practices that uh, get to, you know, three to five, and they, they, they're just overwhelmed. I, I was, I was talking to somebody just recently who's got five practices. And he said, you know, I'm the CEO, the CFO, the COO, the HR, 
and I'm just running myself ragged because I can't handle all of these uh, tasks that are in front of us. And of course, uh, I referred back to the DEO. I said, these are the kind of groups that, that are definitely the place you need to be in. But do you find that true that those are some, those are some pain points when you talk about uh, size scaling as well and having systems to scale too? You know, you're going to love this saying, I can't remember who quoted it, but one of my favorite quotes is, none of us gets any points for predicting the rain, only for building the ark. <laughs> and so your business is perfectly designed to get the results it's getting. And typically when I talk to dentist owner founders that are running groups, let's just say under 5 million, 99% of the time, the owner founder is the number one producer. And yeah. that is not scalable. Yeah. You have not created systems or brought on associates to take the burden off your shoulders and start delegating them out to core team members, whether that's clinical team members, non-clinical team members, you need both in order to scale. And that's the challenge is a lot of owners are rock stars out of one location and they think it should be easy to start my satellite location or my third or fourth. And what they don't realize is if you haven't created scalable systems in location one, and even if you do have those, you don't know if they're actually scalable until you actually get your second location and start implementing and seeing what breaks, right? And so not only do they not have the right systems, they don't have the right people, they start taking a look at, wow, I need this whole infrastructure that I didn't even think I needed in order to, to scale up. And it's coming straight out of my net income. Yeah, I didn't know I signed up for this. Yes. I thought I was just going to double up or triple up in terms of revenue and my take home. I didn't realize I'm in this long, dark tunnel and I don't see the end in sight. And a lot of that is because just like anything in, in life, going back to the gym analogy, JW, you could probably only get so far on your own island making decisions in a vacuum. At some point, <laughs> right. you're going to need an expert that's been there and done that for some guidance. Now, will you take everything that they say and implement? No. Your culture that you've created at your business is unique from the DEOs, but there are common fundamental principles that are universal that have stood the test of time as far as how you run a business, how you grow a team. And ultimately it, it comes down to, you have a vision for where you want to end up. We at the DEO have a vision for where we want to end up. And you just reverse engineer from there. But very, very few owners I speak with know where they want to end up or they tell me something along the lines of i'll keep practicing until the day i can well, that's not a good strategy <laughs> that's a poor exit strategy you know it's interesting it i'm i'm uh, uh I'm, I'm sure you've either read it or heard about it I'm, I'm just finishing up uh kind of rereading it again dan sullivan's book the who not the how and i'm reading that right now as we speak oh yeah okay yeah great book yeah. right and uh yeah I think it just it just uh, it speaks to me. Oh, yep, yeah, yeah there, mine's, mine's behind me as well. I was actually going through it again today, making some notes. And I and I think that's that's a hard part. As a CEO, I've started. I've probably been a part of twenty different businesses. Uh, by the way, most of those failed, uh, and luckily I found a few successful ones in there. But you you find that you can't scale yourself very far, right? You if you try to just scale it all on you. Uh, I know in my business, I was like, there's that point where maybe it's, you know, I don't remember what the number was, one or $2 million a year in business. And then you think I'm ready to go to five. Well, you realize that you were the driver behind that. And I'm talking about traditional sales of, you know, you know dental imaging equipment, as an example, a company that I have. And so you, you take that and it's hard to scale it to the next level because it was dependent on 
your expertise, your knowledge, your will, your drive, your, your motivation, et cetera. And I think that's that's got to be a big issue in the dental world is, you know, you only got one dentist producing X number of dollars an hour. And, uh, you know, I, I read the other day that averages 1200 bucks an hour by the dentist. Well, you can't model that over five practices unless you can find some more people to do that as well, right? That's such a great point, JW. And I think the other thing you have to recognize that we recognize as business owners is you have to be okay with someone coming in and only being able to do a percentage of what you can do. Because at the end of the day, the aggregate of bringing in two or three JWs that can do 70% of what the actual JW can do, the, the, the net is greater than what you and I could do on our own. Absolutely. And that's how you scale, right? There's, there's a reason I can guarantee you, let's talk about the number one franchise in history, McDonald's. They can take a 15-year-old off the street, <laughs> teach them how to use raw meat and not kill anybody by taking them through really good regimented systems and standard operating procedures. Now, I guarantee you they on their own can't cook the best burger. You've got more grill time than, I, than, than they do. But the reality is they can scale. They can scale indefinitely with their model and their systems. And so what you're trying to do is, well, what, what does that look like in your dental practice or your dental group? I'm not saying that you want to be the next Heartland Dental, but what do you want to be? What is your value proposition? How are you differentiating yourself? Are you trying to be the Starbucks of dentistry? Are you trying to be the target of dentistry? Are you trying to be the Walmart? Or are you trying to be the Nordstrom Neiman Marcus of dentistry? Those are different models and no one is better than the other. It's just a preference. And that's what you did when you hung your own shingle is you chose your own adventure. But I think you didn't ultimately ask yourself, well, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? So you're just going along and, and letting the market dictate where you go, right? Is your dental office overwhelmed with scheduling, billing, and even insurance verification? Sign up with Support DDS on a non-contract basis for all your dental office support services. Sign up for a free 30-minute consultation with our team members on supportdds.com and we will make a customized plan just for you. I, I think to your point, uh, I, you know, I, when, I remember when I was much younger, uh, 20 years ago, I, I had this idea that I needed to do, have a business that was doing $50 million a year. And then I realized at that point, not only was it probably not scalable in my business, but I really didn't want to manage that many people at that point in my time. So I, I also don't, I think, I think it's important for people, whether it's in traditional businesses or, and it's in a DSO model, you know, you may, you may be completely content with a very nice single practice, right? Grow a big practice. You're happy with it. You like to have those controls in place, or you may want to be that boutique at two to five practices, but I think it's important too. don't get caught up in the hype, right? Not everybody's going to be a Heartland or a Smile Brands or a Pacific Dental or a Coastal, whatever it is. You know, you don't have to be that. Find out what your goal is, which that's important too, is, is you know, back to that old adage of not keeping up with the Joneses. Just find out what you want to be and what you want to do. I think ultimately, if you become the employer of, employer of choice, the rest takes care of itself because you'll get all the top, you'll get all the A players. And, and he or she, whoever gets the A players is going to win at the end of the day. And quite frankly, your competition that has all the B and C players are going to be your marketing sources. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. No, good point. We get some of yeah. our best clients from similar type businesses. 
because now they have a comparison in terms of value proposition. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're the same, right? With, with recruitment, not all recruitment agencies are created equally. No, that's exactly, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of what our model, uh, why we're kind of in that DSO space now, you know, with our support DDS is, is we saw that uh, it, it's, it's, it's maybe more difficult for us to get into the, the, the 50 plus practices or the hundred plus because they have systems and SOPs and everything into place. And, and they've got centralization of services where we, where I think we have the biggest market is when somebody's in that, you know, two to 10 and they're really looking to scale, but they know they need to reduce their costs. They know they need to be more efficient and they need to be more efficient in certain areas, whether it's collections or billing or insurance or, you know, scheduling, whatever that might be. So I, I, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's the same in a traditional model of a business. If you want to scale to the next level, the first thing you better do is you better put some features in place. You better have some some uh, uh, the correct salespeople if you're going to have sales and dentist if it's a, a dentist or a front desk person, et cetera. So it's it's real important to to hire the A people and not hire a bunch of B and C people. How do you go out and find the best people? Well, there that that really brings me to the kind of the source of this is is our global impact is is how we can make an impact in the world, how we can make an impact in others. You know, our philosophy is that win, win, win. I always tell people, I forget to tell tell a lot of times about why we do what we do. We do what we do because my partner and I agreed to give 51% back to God, to give 51% back to ministries of our profits. And 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 we, we, we do that. And, you know, but our business model is around that win, win, win. It's a win for our employees who were able to, to hire and, and give them really good jobs in difficult places such as Harare, Zimbabwe, Africa. And also it's a win for our businesses that we work with, uh, such as the, the, the dental offices and the DSOs and a lot of the leaders and presidents and uh, you know, the CEOs, executives at that level. And then it's a win for the ministries. And, and I think what you're doing definitely is having an, an impact. Uh, talk about that. I know you volunteer and, and you do some things that you mentioned the Humane Society. I just thought of, uh, that's a perfect fit for my family, my wife and I love volunteering at humane societies and pets and things, but talk about how it's really made an impact on what you do in, in specifically businesses and how it's impacted owners themselves. You know, the reality is just like your business model is predicated upon generating a profit, right? Sometimes generating a profit and capitalism has this negative connotation, but the reality is you can only give back if you're taking care of yourself. And the analogy I use is when we all were flying a lot more than we used to, if in the event of an accident or an emergency, the, the oxygen mask comes down, right? And what does the flight attendant tell you at the beginning of the tutorial? Put your mask on first before you help anyone to the left or the right of you. The same right, goes in or business. Or even the child, right? Yep. Right? The same goes in business. You got to put your own mask on, meaning running a profitable business. Now, profit does not directly correlate to whether you run a well-run business or poorly run business all the time, right? Sometimes people just get lucky and market fit is there and you're first mover. But for the most part, what we find in the DEO is when we can help the leaders, usually the owner founder, have less stress by creating more consistent clarity on what the vision is, who they need to be as a leader, what the people around them need to look and feel like, what the business needs to do to generate top line revenue and profits, then everything takes care of itself. They can do free days of dentistry. 
they can expand more clinics or they can stay at one location, but just grow the number of operatories in that location. And then they become the employer of choice by giving access to employment in this current market. We're actually seeing quite a few of our members, especially the larger ones, recruiting from industries like food service and hospitality that have just been crippled by COVID. You can't do that out of one location or just thinking, how can I just keep things very lean and do my own profies? That's not gonna cut it. It's quite frankly, love them or hate them, it's gonna be the larger groups that provide more access to care, yeah. that provide more job opportunities for both clinicians and non-clinicians alike. And do they get it right all the time? No, none of us do. But it just looks worse at scale than when you're one location and you make a, make a mistake. It just gets amplified. But nevertheless, they still have much more in terms of resources and, and um, education and training than what I see by contrast, those just getting started or struggling to hold on to one location. Believe it or not, when you sit down with the Dr. Workmans of the world or the Steve Thorns of the world, they're not talking about profits. They're talking about culture, community, leadership. Absolutely. All 100% of the time, it's so counterintuitive to what you think they're gonna be all about. And because they're all about leadership and giving back and servant leadership, they have these people that are willing to run through brick walls and traffic for them. And those are the people that ultimately move the needle at the end of the day. They're just recruiting and retaining the best of the best. Well, Darren, you, you, you can't get the A people unless you have a great culture, right? And the only way you're going to get a great culture is to have people who in a leadership position who are uh, emulating that culture for the rest of them. Like you say, the, the, the Steve Biltz and whatnot. I, I had a, I had a podcast recently with Vince Dooley at Platinum Dental and you know, yeah. you, the culture that he's created is just, is just, uh, you know, to me, pretty amazing how he's really the leadership and, and he talks a lot about giving back. They, they've got a lot of, a, you know, free day of dentistry they do, but uh, also what you said was, is just, just drives me nuts when capitalism and profits have become this dirty word in our society. I'm not in my society, but in, in society in general, but you know, if it wasn't for profitability, you wouldn't have people with jobs. You wouldn't have people be able to give back to ministries. You wouldn't have the free days of dentistry. You wouldn't create new jobs, right? You wouldn't be creating all these new jobs out there, uh, whether it's the McDonald's case or whether it's a, a, a DSO uh, working to grow itself. So yeah, profitability is definitely a precursor to being able to do good in the world. And and so it definitely can't be a negative. And, and absolutely. And I think you know, I'm not going to cry for any of the executives, you and me and anyone else on the call. I mean, we're, we're per, in a pretty good spot in life. I can't complain. But I think what we did is what we did was a lot of us forewent paychecks during COVID in 2020 so that our staff didn't have to go without, right? We made sure that they Absolutely. were taken care of. We actually, Jake and I, as business owners of the DEO, we actually froze our salaries so that we could actually hire more, yeah, recruit more A players. A players that, quite frankly, we wouldn't have been able to recruit in a normal year. So I think that's part of entrepreneurship. That's part of servant leadership is, is like Simon Sinek wrote a book, Leaders Eat Last. Truer, truer words have not been spoken. And, and, and that's part of the culture, right? Is when you're willing to not be the one yelling at your team to run laps around the track, but you're running with them. And you're the first one on the, there and the last one out. Like I've always worked much, much um, harder for those that I felt had skin in the game 
and were actually willing to roll their sleeves up and get their hands dirty on the front lines. And I think for, for Jake and I, we're very much wired that way. And I think you are as well. And, and that's the common denominator that I'm seeing amongst all these thought leaders. You know, uh, good good point there. It was was when you uh, uh, you talked about a, a business a guy said I didn't buy into this. My salary went down. You know, I, I think there's the guy who has the, the the one maybe two practices and he wants to go to the next level. There's probably a point there where his income maybe maybe he's making you know I'll use a number three hundred thousand dollars a year or four hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, his income may dip to a hundred for a year or two or maybe even zero because he has to hire those eight players around him for him to get to the next level. And most of the time, I would say most of the time, those people aren't willing to make that sacrifice to get to that next level, whether it's a, you know, a dental office or whether it's a traditional uh, business, you many times have to make a sacrifice if you want to bust through that next level. Absolutely. And you just have to ask yourself, what is my horizon, right? How long do I want to be practicing? Because the reality is there's a shelf life that, no one knows on how, how long you can practice clinically. And if you're doing higher end procedures, it's even shorter. Let's be clear, that takes a lot more of a toll on your body physically. And you're, you're, you were never designed to be a pretzel in the mouth for 30, 40 years on end. <laughs> That's right. Shelf no. and, and I think you have to ask yourself, there's nothing wrong with staying at one location, but it's the writings on the wall where consolidation, whether it's privately owned groups, or large private equity, or even down the road, maybe even publicly traded groups again, um, that look at medical. If you're an MD, you're gonna go work in a managed model. Yeah. And in dentistry, I'm not saying that it's gonna go 100% that way, but all indicators point to the fact that it's not going in the direction of more solos popping up. It's more people wanting to go to their second location and beyond. So if that's where the horse is riding, it's much easier to ride the horse in the direction it's running than the opposite direction. So yeah, and, I think and don't, you have to ask yourself and don't be scared of that about. horse, right? Yeah, you just don't, don't 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 be scared to get on that horse. Sometimes you just resist it too long to be able to get on the right one. Yeah. Or at least educate yourself on where things are going trend wise, and don't feel like this whole model of the dentist and the clinician, even on the MD side, used to be the center of the universe, and the patients had to revolve around them. And now with expanded hours multi-specialties under one roof. Now the patient controls everything. So the patient is really yours to lose. And it's not that they're not loyal. It's just they're only as loyal as their options, right? If I've got a GP down the street and he's got several locations and he's open on Fridays and sometimes Saturdays, how are you going to compete if you're only open Monday through Thursday? Yeah, that's right. It's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. If, if, if grocery stores were open the same hours that most dental practices out of one location were, were open, we'd starve to death. Well, you're right. I think everybody's had to take an expanded approach. And, uh, but, you know, when you get into that stuck in that, well, you might say stuck in the eighties, right? Uh, if, if you get stuck in the eighties and you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to work eight to eight to four, right? Maybe not even eight to five. I'm going to work eight to four and I'm going to work Monday through Thursday. And I, I want my Fridays off. So yeah, you've got to look how you can get plugged, and you may still be able to do that, but it may be under a, a more of a managed care scenario, like in a like in a DSO model. Correct, correct, and I think that's that's really helping out a lot of of the newer graduates with more of a balance. Where for some of them that they don't want to do the eighty hour work weeks doing the admin and the clinical, a DSO does afford them that flexibility that you wouldn't traditionally get in in one location. 
So again, I'm not saying one location is right or wrong. I'm just saying that this is what it is in any business model, dentistry or otherwise. Well, Darren, I think to kind of sum it up from what I hear, the, the, the way that to do this goes back to Dan Sullivan's book, right? It is the who, not the how. Uh, I, I definitely have been around your organization, DEO, for a couple of years, and I've, and I've seen the, the benefit, the collaboration that goes into these summits that we've attended. Uh, and, and you see that you're able to, to utilize what other people already know. So taking you know, if I was a dentist coming in the world today, first thing I would, whether I was just going to stay with one large practice or grow, I would be hooked up to places like DEO. I would be searching out ways to run my business more efficiently, uh, like with my company, Support DDS. I think it, it offers a lot of opportunities to, to, to rid yourself of a lot of the overhead and the hassles that you shouldn't have to do. And quite frankly, dentists are taught how to be dentists in dental school. They're not taught how to be business people, most of all. And I, I'm not saying they can't be business people, but I think there's a great opportunity for them to use the resources around us. Heck, I, you know, I always tell people I hate accounting, but I've got a great CFO too. So, you know, I don't, I don't try to worry about that on a day to day. My job is a little bit more like yours. I'm a, I'm a connector. I'm a, I'm a, I've tried to partner and find people that are, that are good alliances with us. So definitely looking to make an impact by utilizing those resources that are right around us. Absolutely. And, and I welcome anyone, whether you're a fit for what we do or not, I'm going to get you pointed in the right direction. Typically, I'm, I'm entertaining conversations with probably 20 to 40 dentists every single week. Wow. And, and most of them aren't probably in alignment with our group, but I'm trying to point them in the direction of another group or another consultant or another vendor that can help them out with their pain point. So if you go to deodentalgroup.com, there's a way to schedule some time with me. And also, uh, we're looking forward to, to hosting Support DDS at the summer summit we have coming up in June virtually. You know, we can't wait to go back to live events. But in the interim, our very large public conference, at least for the month of June, we're going to keep everyone safe and, and go virtual. So we're looking forward to, to hosting you there. Yeah, yeah, we're glad to have you. And again, Darren, the, the website to go to to get a little more information is? It's just deodentalgroup.com. Again, deodentalgroup.com. And yeah, there's a ton of resources. Sign up for our complimentary newsletter. Um, another resource that we have is a free access to our Facebook group. It's called DSO Secrets. So DSO Secrets is a Facebook group. It's also a great podcast as well. So those are free resources that you can lean into. Even I even talked to a, a, a second year dental student the other day right? Because it's never too early to start Absolutely. learning this information. In fact, you're oftentimes better off learning it sooner than later. Yeah. Well, I know you've got a lot of resources, uh, uh, a new magazine that's coming out as well, or already out, and I think rebranding a little bit. So uh, lots of resources from the website. The DSO pod, uh, Secrets podcast is really good. I've, I've been on that with Emmett once before. Uh, really good podcast to listen into. You know, definitely take all these resources and uh, determine what's a, a right fit for you. I, I say the same thing, even our company is not a right fit for everybody, but absorb the information, get involved. And I promise you, if you go to any social media, uh, LinkedIn, especially Facebook, you're gonna type in DEO and uh, your, your, your group's gonna come right to the top and it's a good group to follow and a good group to be involved in as well. Very active in that community. Well, Darren, appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you're busy and and I just want to thank you for, for taking a little bit of time out of your day and uh, looking forward to the summit coming up as well. Absolutely, JW. Really been a pleasure spending time with you today. And thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Well, another edition of Global Impact. And we appreciate your time and 
looking forward to see how you can make an impact on the world as well. Have a super week. This episode was brought to you by Support DDS. Sign up today for no contract services on supportdds.com.